Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. This week, we're looking back on 2020 and how some of the year's biggest stories changed our lives. Now, we know the coronavirus had an enormous impact on public health. Now arriving, Civic Center, Grand Park Station. But it also affected transportation systems and how and how often Californians get from point A to point B. I bet many of you listening drive a lot less than you did a year ago or don't use public transportation as much. So what does that all mean? We discuss these issues with Ethan Elkind of UC Berkeley's Center for Law, Energy, and the Environment. He began by talking about the dramatic change in commuting patterns we've seen, especially when the statewide lockdown was first implemented. You know, just the change in travel patterns was so significant to have so much of the workforce now at home, which means we saw traffic patterns in terms of commuter vehicle miles way down. And what I wonder about is, is this going to be just a short-term blip along with many other things going on with the pandemic, or is this really setting in motion long-term cultural changes? And I really think we are going to see some long-term cultural changes coming out of this, that you know, these in-person meetings, the idea that everybody has to be in the office all day long, uh, all week long, I think that is going to go away to a large extent. I think we kind of ripped the Band-Aid off on all the technologies that have been in place for, for a couple decades at least now, but weren't completely culturally accepted in terms of using you know, email and Zoom meetings and just working remotely. Let's talk about mass transit. The pandemic turned a lot of subways, buses, and passenger rail systems in California into really rolling ghost towns with way fewer passengers. How severe a blow do you think that was to public transportation, and does it have a future? Well, I think the mass transit ridership plunge that we saw, which really has been pretty dramatic, I do think that's going to be short term because I think it's almost completely driven by fear of of getting the virus and also just the fact that you have so much remote workforce happening as as people, as offices have been shut down. But I don't think we're going to bounce back uh, to the level that we saw necessarily because if we do see a lot of people permanently shift to remote work or at least even just a couple days a week, that's going to be reflected in in depressed transit ridership, but from at least those those commuters who are riding it every day on a train to work. But if the kind of post-pandemic world uh, accelerates this trend towards more sprawl, people living in auto-oriented, auto-dependent communities, that's really going to be the determinant of how successful transit systems are. And that's always been the case. Looking ahead to 2021, one big change affecting transportation and transportation planning in California will be a change of presidential administration from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. What kind of effect do you think that'll have on us? One is on this question of transit. 
The Trump administration was generally pretty hostile to transit investments and really gummed up the works for California with some of our major transit projects in terms of releasing federal funds. And then on zero emission vehicles, this is an area where the Trump administration was very hostile. I think President Trump himself was was personally very hostile to electric vehicles, but they were trying to revoke California's sovereignty to set stronger uh, fuel economy standards. I think you're going to see a real change now with the Biden administration. It's very focused on things like supporting electric vehicle charging stations. If there is any sort of bipartisan budget deal with Congress, I think you'd see a restoration of the federal tax credits for electric vehicles, other zero emission vehicles. You'll see more research, federally funded research into better batteries. So that will really help. So I think on both transit and zero emission vehicles, we're going to see uh, big changes. All right. Ethan Elkind with the Center for Law, Energy and the Environment at UC Berkeley. Thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you, Saul. Great to be with you. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. And now to a transportation story from California's past and a current twist to it. Five years ago, Volkswagen was in the news for all the wrong reasons. Volkswagen revealed that as many as 11 million diesel-powered cars worldwide could be affected by software that was designed to cheat on emissions tests. VW's cheating was partly discovered by California air quality regulators, but not before the company had sold or leased 85,000 of its dirty diesel cars to unsuspecting California drivers. One of them was Bob Merlis in Los Angeles, who was shocked when he discovered he had been duped and was driving a car that was polluting up to 40 times more than Volkswagen said it did. When the scandal broke, I felt a, a palpable sense of betrayal. Obviously, if I'd known it was, uh, you know, poisoning the atmosphere, I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't have bought it in the first place. In a settlement with the state of California, the German car company agreed to pay $423 million into a special state-administered fund to help fight air pollution. 
Fast forward to today, and Volkswagen is hoping to restore its image in California by introducing a new all-electric SUV into the Golden State's auto market, the company's first such vehicle here. LA Times automobile writer Russ Mitchell says the SUV's success in California, the largest vehicle market in the country, is crucial to VW. This is uh, incredibly important to Volkswagen in the U.S. and in California. In fact, uh, Scott Keogh, who heads the North American operations for Volkswagen, calls it the most important launch for Volkswagen since the Beetle. California environmental regulators say they don't forget the cheating Volkswagen did in the past, but argue that if the state is going to meet its goal of phasing out all new gas-powered vehicles in the state by the year 2035, the cooperation of companies like VW is essential. But lots of California drivers, like Bob Merlis, who got burned by the VW emissions cheating scandal, say they want nothing to do with the company. As far as I'm concerned, what they did is irredeemable. It's, it was criminal, and, uh, and it was perpetrated on me and lots of people I know and the atmosphere. I've just moved on from Volkswagen. Meanwhile, the fallout from Volkswagen's so-called dieselgate scandal continues. Earlier this month, the European Union's top court ruled that Volkswagen broke European laws by installing its emission cheating devices. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, December 30th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com, and Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from DrinkHint.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randad Fettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.